Welcome to Unretirement, a podcast about finding purpose and a paycheck in the second half of life. I'm Chris Farrell for American Public Media. Nelson Mandela looked out that window for 17 years and envisioned himself as the president of South Africa. And if he could do that, then so could I. That's Tanae Wells. I got fascinated with Tanae's story because what she's doing is what unretirement is all about. She's trying to reinvent herself, partly because she wants to, and partly because she lost her job. That's where a lot of us boomers are finding ourselves. So we're going to hear what Tanae did, and then we'll talk with an expert about the choices Tanae made to try and help us figure out how to navigate our own unretirement. What is unretirement? Unretirement is a movement redefining and reimagining the second half of life with boomers in the vanguard for a variety of reasons, a combination of need and want. Boomers will keep on working well into the traditional retirement years. Boomers are embracing part-time work, flexible jobs, contract labor, temp work, starting their own business. They're looking for both passion and a paycheck. I like the way Joseph Coughlin, he's the head of the Age Lab at MIT, puts it. He calls the movement the Baby Boomer Retirement Improv Act. And our podcast aims to be part of the unretirement improv experiment in conversation. Later in the show, we'll get some tips from an expert about how to find your purpose. And we'll take a listener question. All right, let's go back to today. She was head of Women Venture, a small nonprofit organization that works with women entrepreneurs, small business loans, and lots of consulting advice. Life was good. Tanae was making a six-figure income. She was well-known in the community, but increasingly she was questioning what she was doing. It was really a tragic event that made me think that I am not helping people become economically successful. I'm really, in some cases, hurting them. I wasn't giving them enough capital to really start the business, and I was giving them just enough capital in, in one case with this particular client who uh, we gave a loan to, um, and uh, eight months later, she was living in a car, and she tried to commit suicide. After a scary moment like that, it's hardly surprising that Tanae wondered, am I really helping people? And she wanted to do more. She wanted to do better. She got inspiration in an unexpected place, a trip to Tanzania in 2009. She got a glimpse, a vision of what she might do next. I had met these women who had created a bank in a box. And this bank that they created in the box with 20 cents a week that they informed you, they got any way they could, which meant whatever it meant. (laughs) Um, And uh, they saved this 20 cents. And over a period of time, they started making loans to themselves. They pay those loans back and they grew those small businesses. One woman went from being a chicken farmer to, uh, because there was too many chicken farmers, to buying a brick-making machine and uh, making bricks and buying nails and was the Home Depot of this, I call it the Home Depot of Moshi's. And uh, these women, when I met them, uh, this box was paying them a quarterly dividends. And the group of women that I was with put about $180 in the box, tripled the bank. Um, And it was an Oprah moment, as me and my friends like to say. And... um, What I saw in that program, as compared to the other micro-loan programs, which is what I was doing, was I saw women that had control of their futures, and I saw women that were empowered, and I saw women that were giving themselves their own money in a place where there wasn't supposed to be any money. Um, And I said, that's the work that I want to do. I want to help 
people understand that we are empowered to create our own economic wealth um, and that everybody's got the skill to be able to do that. So Tanae was inspired, but she was also questioning the work she was doing back in the Twin Cities. When she got home, something unexpected happened. She lost her job at Women Venture. And I think that, you know, whenever we begin to question then the stars, you know, if you believe that the stars align for to give you your purpose, um, then the stars align to give me my purpose. And it kicked me out of women. <laughs> um, at, at a time where I probably wasn't financially ready. Um, and according to you and probably all the other money managers in the world, I did the one thing you're not supposed to do, which is I had three retirements. So I spent one and took all the penalties that were associated with that. But it just gave me this break to be able to, to figure it out. Tanae, I'm fine with what you did. When times are tough, sometimes you have to take financial steps you would rather not, but the bills have to be paid. Tanae lost her job at age 56. You know, it's hard to lose your job at any age, but when you're in your 50s, it's tough to get another one. Today's community rallied around her, and I love this story. A friend, a restaurateur in the Twin Cities, owns a small house out near Seattle. And they got in a car, and they drove out there just to get Tanae out of town. And they arrive at the house, and her friend turns to Tanae and says, Here are the house keys. I'll be back in a couple of weeks. There's lots of wine in the house. Now, that's a good friend. So Tanae starts thinking about, well, what do I want to do next? And she thought about that trip to Africa and what she had learned. Tanae talked to people, tapped into her network, and she got some consulting gigs. In 2012, she got a Bush Fellowship. It gave her some financial breathing room and a chance to go back to Africa. One of my visions about my own life was going to look out Nelson Mandela's window. Um, I believed that Nelson Mandela looked out that window for 17 years and envisioned himself as the president of South Africa. And if he could do that, then so could I. I went to South Africa in uh, 2013 for a month and went to Robben Island and snuck away from the group and spent some time in the jail cell looking out the window and saw the life that I'm leading right now. So what did you think when you were looking out, out Mandela's window? Um, wow. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll not cry. Um. Again, it's that we all have the power to envision the lives that we want to leave, regardless of the circumstances of our lives. And that if we can see it, you know, um, that we can make it happen. We have that power to, to envision a life different than our own. And I think that especially for poor people and especially for people that are marginalized because of race or whatever, is that my job is to help them see that. To turn her goal into reality, Tanae went to graduate school to get her master's in public policy. But she really learned an incredibly important lesson, much, much more important than this, what this degree was going to give her. She couldn't make the transition on her own. <laughs> I, I jokingly said at some point in time, I think when I went to graduate school, when I first started, I just realized, oh my God, this is going to be so hard, that it's going to take a village to get Tanae through this, you know, so the leaning on that it's going to take a takes a village to raise a child well i think we all have to be able to create this village i think two things i think that 
first of all, I had to know what I didn't know. And I, then I had to be able to admit it. And then I had to be able to figure out how to go get help. One thing Tanae didn't know, math, specifically algebra. She tried one of those Kaplan courses. She hired a tutor. But eventually she realized she needed to go back to high school. In this case, adult basic education, a free program offered by the Minneapolis public schools. She took a math class for two hours every week for six months. Well, you know, so there was an instructor and she was phenomenal. Um, the woman that was the teacher. But I learned math from from women and young women that I know had spent some time in prison and young, you know, all the images that we have of adults that don't have education, a woman from Sudan who couldn't speak any English, but she had been a math major in her native country. And what would happen is the teacher would do whatever her little thing was that she would do on the board, and we'd look, and I wouldn't get it. And I'll never forget there was this little hip-hop kid, you know, with the sagging pants and the earphones in her ear, and she would pop them earphones out, and she'd say, this is how I do it, and she would write on the board, and then I'd say, okay, I get that. So one Saturday morning, I invited a bunch of the women in my class, and my 16-year-old nephew came over, and he taught us. You know, and I called my granddaughter. I said, I can isolate X. <laughs> I was so excited. Over the years, I've learned that transitions, they just take a lot longer than we expect or we hope. And that's why the support of a community, a network, a circle of friends is so critical. Now, Tanae also came upon a good way to improve her finances. Trader Joe's. I needed to do something more physical. I like Trader Joe's and the environment, but at the same time, you know, I kept getting offers to do interim directors for nonprofits. And what I found was that if I would go off and do that kind of big kind of work that that would require me to do, it took me off the things that I was interested in and the things I was interested in studying. So I decided that it pays well. It has a retirement plan. It has, um, it's fun. It's a fun environment. I worked at grocery stores when I was in high school. I need to lose a little weight. I need to do something a little more physical. So I woke up one morning and said, you know what? Maybe you should work at Trader Joe's. You love Trader Joe's. You spend every Sunday afternoon there. Getting a job at Trader Joe's. I mean, you know, this. I went through this whole thing. I can't work at Trader Joe's. What is wrong with me? This hourly kind of thing. And they wear little uniforms. And, you know, I've. That hasn't been the way I've earned a living in a long time. But I think we have have to give that stuff up. I think we have to face ourselves and really look objectively at kind of where we are and what we need and and just go for it, not really worry about what other people are going to think about this. We know what we're supposed to do for ourselves, and we just got to do it. She's right. So what comes next? I mean, how does she plan on working with low-income and marginalized people to build assets and economic opportunity, just like the woman in Moshi. So I'm thinking of a consulting business that, again, helps individuals through writings and storytelling and hopefully like a radio program or some kind of thing to really help people think about how do I think about how I bring assets and resources into my life when there seems to be huge barriers to to making those things happen. And how do we change how we think about our lives and what it is that we're supposed to be doing so that we can, uh, I think especially as we age, remain relevant and yet um, and make a contribution to the world 
that we want to make and at the same time make money. Like today, baby boomers are seeking to make a difference and make some money in their unretirement. It's not clear how Tanae's story will end up, but like a lot of us, she's following her passion with honesty, hopefulness, and with some help from her community, her village. Next, some practical advice about how to plot your future in a changing world. Marcy Albaher knows a lot about the practicalities of unretirement. Marcy's with Encore.org, a nonprofit based in the Bay Area. It is building a movement to address some of society's most difficult problems by tapping into the talent of experienced adults. Now, Marcy spent several years interviewing hundreds of people about their Encore careers. She wrote the Encore Career Handbook, Making a Living and a Difference in the Second Half of Life. I highly recommend it. Oh, one more thing. Marcy has had several careers herself. She was a lawyer, a journalist, and now she's in nonprofit work. When you were doing your interviews and just in in the work that you do, I mean, have you met a lot of people who, you know, they lose their job? I mean, it happens to so many of us. You know, they lose their job and they want want to find something not just that uh, pays the bills, which is really important, but they also want to find something, some kind of job that they feel passionate about. I think what happens when people hit, like, whatever this life stage it is that we're talking about, right, this extended midlife period that has, has shown up, I think you get to a point where you realize that time is running out. And um, either you, there's things you haven't gotten to, um, there's things you want to do to make sure that you're leaving some kind of legacy or having some kind of impact, but there is this sense that you only have to- so much time left, and it really should matter. Now, I have found, I don't know if this is your experience, that for some people, that insight is liberating. I only have a little bit of time left. I'm going to embrace something that I believe in. But then you have other people go, okay, I don't have a whole lot of time left, but what is it that I really want to do? You know, I think one of the tricky things is that you could be seized with that idea that it better matter and you need to figure out, you know, and you want to figure out something really meaningful. But... Just because you've lived a lot of years, it doesn't mean that you automatically know what that is. And even if you know how, what it is, that you know how to get there. So there's a lot of steps. Those are, that's a lot of things to try to weave together all at once. Okay, so what are some of these steps? Because, you know, anybody who gets laid off, there's just that initial shock. I mean, it's overwhelming. Uh, most people are going to feel bad. I mean, you know, think about Tanae. She lost her job. She's kind of, boy, I was the executive director. Now, I mean, she's not out on the street, but she's tapping into a retirement savings plan in order to pay the bills. So what are some of the steps to, you know, start making some progress? Uh, two of the things that Tanae did are, are really, really smart. So the first thing is you need to create some place and time in your life to start working on um, what your plan is going to be. And people do that in a lot of different ways. So um, often, like if you hit the end of the road because you've gotten laid off or you know, something out of your control, you, you have the time, right? But you may need the money, right? And you may need some other things to fall into place. So you know, what she did, and she went out and got a part-time job, and a part-time job that, that many people might have even questioned, really common thing to do. Like figure out right away 
what's going to be the stopgap thing that, um, that allows you to free up your head um, to start working on what you're going to do next. So people do that through a part-time job that can get them where they need to be economically, either because it provides health insurance and it provides, you know, whatever level of economic stopgap they yeah. need to at least keep them going. And let go of your Many ego, pe- as she says. You know, just, yeah, you know, it's let pain go of your ego. Many people find that they, they turn back to something that they, they used to do or they know, um, they know they can do. That always is the thing they turn to. I've talked to countless people who say, oh, I've got this little side business and I kind of dial it up whenever I need to. Like, I uh, bake custom cakes or, uh, you know, I, I do a child care or pet care and walking and, you know, whatever it is that's your thing <laughs> that you go back to when you need to kind of take care of yourself, even though it's not your dream thing to do, it's the thing you know how to do, or it's the thing that's available where you live or through some skill set that you have. Um, and then the next thing is, I would say there's, there's two things that come into play. If you really don't know what it is you want to do, you have to set up some process that's going to help you figure it out. And I feel like there's, there's two parts of that. There's the stuff you do in your, he- in your head, and there's the stuff you do out in the world. Right, the stuff you do in your head could be reading and thinking and trying to review what past experiences really mattered to you, what parts of your life or your work kind of gave you some sparks of where you might want to go to if you ever had this kind of period of time off, you know, time off. Right. You know, the the stuff in the world is go learn and go try stuff out. <laughs> so, um volunteering is a great way to to get yourself out of your apartment or your home and uh, go out into the world and meet people who are doing something. Um, And you could try out volunteering that matches interests of yours. So um, it gets you out. It's meeting with people. You're expanding your network, and you're seeing um, what's happening around an issue that you might care about. Um, And you could do it in in small immersions or in bigger commitments. You know, the other thing that strikes me in, in, in this whole conversation is you don't have to come up with the exact thing that you are going to do for the rest of your life that combines passion and a paycheck, and you figured it out. The way you're describing it, it's, you know, there's a lot of experimentation that goes on, and you try this, and you try that. And, you know, looking at Tanae, she wants to be a social entrepreneur. She has a very strong sense of wanting to give back to community. But I don't think she's really figured it out yet. I mean, she's still on her journey, and I have a feeling her journey, if we talk to her five years from now, it's still going to be evolving. I think, you know, when you said, like, put check your ego at the door, the other way we have to kind of all of us, really, and, and this isn't just people kind of, you know, in this second half of life. I think young people are dealing with the same thing because the world has changed a lot. Few of us will have lives where we do one thing that's easy to explain. Yeah. We all have these, I use the language slashes, right? You know, I'm a little obsessed with that moniker that we all have many slashes as part of our identities. Um, so, you know, when you were describing, you know, my past, you know, I still identify with a lot of the slashes, even if I don't do that work anymore, but lawyer slash writer slash teacher slash, you know, I, everything I've inhabited, they, those, those things I carry around, right? And there are times where your life really is a collection of slashes and you're actually separating your time between these many things that you do. And then there's times where you also inhabit the many things that you've done before, and as we get older, we amass more and more of those, and we use them at different times. 
Hmm. And, you know, for someone like Tanae, I think she's a perfect example of and then when you're transitioning, you're working on all three. We call it the purpose, passion, and a paycheck, right? You're trying to get all of that lining up, and it may not all come from the same place. Right, exactly. So there's quite a lot to juggle in this pie, and you're constantly, with every transition and every new incarnation of yourself, the the different ways your slashes come together are going to change. And it takes, if you've never lived like that, I think that alone is something to get used to. This is a lot of DIY movement. I mean, you know, figuring out yourself. And so you're not alone in this. I mean, we had this, uh, you know, where if we think about boomers and aging boomers and we have Thomas Wolfe's famous, you know, the me generation. But what strikes me is there's a lot of conversation going on, a lot of people reaching out like Tanae and reaching out to their peers, their friends, their colleagues, the three degrees of separation. Their children. Their children and having a conversation about, okay, so what should I be doing next? What do you think I'm good at? Yeah, I think having having a community to ride along with you as you do this is really important. And peer support, um, intergenerational support, I think all that is very, very, it's crucial. I, you know, I, I look at, you know, we call this this Encore um, idea that we're working on, the Encore movement. Look, about, look at the women's movement or the civil rights movement. This was all about communities of people um, supporting one another, creating solidarity. And I think the same needs to happen here. I also think that the idea that she's going through so many steps right now to kind of figure out, chart her course and figure out she has an idea, but she has to figure out how to bring that idea to reality and how to, how to fund her idea and how to get traction with her idea. And she will either, you know, will it, will it live as her own organization? Will she find some other organization that she can join as a senior leader? And she may not have to found it herself, but as long as she stays lurking around that space and learns more about it, she's going to find her way. But it may look really different than the way she thinks she thought it was going to look when she first came up with her idea. And I think that's what is um, we all have to embrace, that... These are. This is a, a process, not a project, and it, it goes on uh, for as long as it needs to. Well, Marcy, thanks a lot. Oh, my pleasure, Chris. Just a delight to be a guest here. Now we're at the point of the podcast where we take your unretirement question. Hi, Chris. My name is Jane. I'm 65, single, and self-employed. My house is paid for, but I'm tired of all the yard work and maintenance. I plan on working into my 70s, but I'm wondering if I should sell my home and move into something smaller or possibly rent and invest the money from the sale of my home so I'll have a cushion later when I stop working. I'd like to travel and take a vacation while I'm healthy and young enough to enjoy it, but I don't have much in my retirement savings. Thanks. All right, I really like this question. You know, what makes dealing with a question like this so tricky is that you can't get rid of the uncertainty about the future. You don't know what your health is going to be a year from now, let alone 10 years from now. The same goes for the stock market, your retirement savings, the economy. So the uncertainty is why putting values at the core of personal finance is critical. If you know the why, what really matters to you, you can figure out the how, the money strategy. So what I take from her question is that her goal is to travel more and take some vacations. 
If the house is absorbing too much time and money, look for a smaller home, maybe a condo or a townhouse or rent. With renting, you don't pay property taxes, your insurance and utility bills will be lower. The landlord deals with the maintenance. I know. I rent. Of course, she gives up control of the property. Her landlord can always raise the rent. That said, whenever people go through the exercise about thinking, where do I want to live? They realize, I want to stay in my house. They're familiar with the neighborhood. They have memories in each room. I always love this quote from Jane Austen's Emma. Ah, there is nothing like staying at home for real comfort. That's fine. In that case, invest in making the home easier to maintain and enjoy while still going on vacation. That's it for now. I'm Chris Farrell. You're listening to the Unretirement Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, do us a favor. Go to iTunes and rate this podcast and leave a review. It will help us get the word out to more listeners and help us improve the show. While you're at iTunes, subscribe to the podcast to have it delivered to your phone, your computer, or whatever device you listen on. Unretirement is produced by American Public Media. Editor Catherine Winter, producer Lauren D, and our Sherpa is Steve Nelson. <laughs> <laughs>